What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson, joining me again in the host spotlight, Miss Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm doing well, but you know... I am a dungeon dweller, and <laughs> you're going to have to explain what that means. So, so for those I'm of you who heard this, yeah. heard the sermon, uh, <clears throat> Pastor Tim over here referred to us F3ers as dungeon dwellers. So mm-hmm. I have come out from did. the dungeon, and I have seen the light. Thank you, for, thank you for being willing to do so. I'm so <laughs> glad he did it. You've heard him already. He's with us for the first time on the podcast. Uh, many more to come, I'm sure, uh, Pastor Tim Sanford. Tim. How you doing, man? Hey, great. It's nice Good. to be here with you, and I'm glad you caught something Hi. on that. See, there's always little tidbits that get thrown out just to see if people are awake. Well, we, we all designed. cackled down there, so yeah, we all cackled. But the thing is, is we can talk back to you at the screen, and you have no idea what we're saying. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's all fair. The screen's it's all ruined. Yeah. Tomatoes. You have to look thing. at it this way. If you're teased, you're loved, right? That's true. That's good. That's it's true. Yeah, it's very yep. good. Okay. It's part of family dynamics, right? Guys, let's go ahead and jump into a, a Sunday in review, uh, discussing uh, what we talked about. So Tim will come your way here shortly yeah. for any content and thoughts. And then Alicia, what do you think about this past this past weekend? It was a great, great uh, sermon. It's neat that we're starting a new series, so mm-hmm. I'm eager to watch that unfold mm-hmm. about what really matters. And um, so this week's sermon had so much application, uh, which I just in talking with my family and friends, uh, they all gleaned uh, a whole Mm. lot of wisdom from this. And I think the big foundational principle that you hit home was that our thinking determines our attitude, which then determines our actions. And we talked about uh, Naaman in 2 Kings 5, and you also hit the other characters in the story. And I, in our discussion today, we'll unpack a lot of the application um, that specifically applies to Naaman. But one thing that stood out to me was the, the servant girl that um, is in this story. And we don't, we don't know her name. We don't know right. a lot about her, but we know that she was taken. So I, I envision it as um, a form of human trafficking yes. in that time. You yes. know, that's happening today. It happened then. And um, so they uh, went into her land and, and took her. So we don't know if her family um, was killed, if she was pulled from her family. Mm. Uh, we don't know if her life with Naaman and his wife is better. It right. could be better. We don't right. know those <clears throat> things. But um, one thing that um, is probably true is that she had her own hurt and suffering, mm. that she, Naaman had leprosy. But she probably had her own hurt um, as well. And so to think about her and um, in in relation to this foundational principle, she had right thinking that affected her attitude, that affected her actions. Because her thinking, um, knowing that Yahweh is her God, right. and she knows who right. Yahweh is, yep. and and that affected her attitude. She she could have been angry 
at Naaman. Yeah. She could have been bitter. She could have yeah. been glad that he had leprosy because that's Vindictive. what he deserved. Yeah. Um, but she didn't. Right. She had compassion. And so she, um, <clears throat> that compassion then influenced her actions. And she says to him, yeah. there's a prophet. There's yeah. a prophet that that can heal you. And of course, um, if... <laughs> You know, God is so sovereign and so good working through this pain and the mm-hmm. suffering and and that um, she is extending this grace and mercy to her enemy. Yeah. Um, and that that is what Jesus has done for us. Like he he's mm-hmm. our sur- suffering right. servant yeah. uh, like she was. Yeah. And um, just, oh, wow. Yeah. What what a what a story of providence we've talked about providence and god's sovereignty and how god used that that young girl um to to rescue naaman from his sin she's a tremendous example of having right thinking yeah right like all of what you're describing we we can all um feel for her in in that but here's a a little girl who has right kind of thinking and look what comes out of it and look how it's even possible in such a potentially terrible situation that she was in, yet to still have good godly thinking yeah, in regards to that. Right. To care enough about him to actually tell him the truth. It was yeah. the only way that he was ever going to be healed. Right. And she right. told him. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Right? Yeah. And I and I think <clears throat> that the key is, is because she knew she knew Yahweh. She knew yes. who her God was. Yeah. And and knowing that that thinking part, then that is what affects right. All of all the rest, mm-hmm. all the things, mm-hmm. um, and it impacts not just her life but so many others yes. now. Well, yep. I think it, I think it's very easy for it. All, when does God come to mind in times of, of crisis right. and trial? Is He a last resort or a first response? You start to think about your own prayer life, and and you can you can look back and see the things you chose to go to before Him at times, or yeah. or you start to look back and understand that's really where I dropped the ball and had an opportunity yeah. to go to God and did it, and so. I know for me personally, Tim, I, I appreciated the application-heavy focus of it. I see the teacher in you when you're up there. I, I love it. Uh, Someone told me that I need to be a little bit more excitable when I'm up there. <laughs> yeah. I told a little them that's more, why I don't drink more caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> you don't drink caffeine. Oh, wow. no. Wow. Yeah. That no, you fun. don't want me to drink caffeine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. It's a so, labor of love. What was it like from, from your perspective to, to launch a series and, th- and think through what to, what to package into this weekend uh, compared to where we're going in, in the weeks to come. Was there stuff left on the cutting room floor? Was there anything you wish you could unpack more or maybe even conversations you've had with people since? Yeah, there's probably been, uh, there's probably a couple things um, that uh, either in the preparation for that or in the discussions afterwards have come up. And, and um, one of them was, uh, that I've thought about before in regards to the feelings that we talked about. Mm-hmm. I think that there's some practical help that um, I would have loved to have had some time there to talk about. But uh, one of the things, and I'm no expert in the physiological aspects of a human body, right? But you begin to learn stuff as you mm-hmm. live life. And um, one of the things that I think is intriguing for me is uh, I talked about how feelings can also be that kind of that magnifier back towards our thinking. How do I feel? Ask a person, how are you feeling about something? You might get an idea of what their thinking mm. is because our thinking <clears throat> so often is the 
catalyst for the way that we feel. And I've, um, over the years, I've learned that um, we've been uniquely made, obviously, so that uh, when I'm thinking about something, my body is designed to put certain things into my bloodstream. Mm. And that's part of why I feel the way that I feel. So if you slap me, right? Like <laughs> now th that's a physical You're thing, but physically react. I'm going to physically react to that, but I'm going to feel angry as well as mm -hmm. think angry. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's going to happen real fast because all those adrenaline, whatever is being yeah, yeah. dumped right into my system. Right. I call it the hormonal dump yeah, <laughs> kind yeah, of a thing. Right. Boom. There it is. So I can feel that real quick. But what I've also learned is that, um, my body doesn't reabsorb those nearly as fast. In fact, it can take quite a bit of time. And, and uh, I, I have a, what I'll call a rule of thumb in that I expect, it w if, if you were to slap me and then we were to get that right between us, right? So that now we're back in fellowship together, I still might really feel angry, but I've already forgiven you and I've already decided I'm gonna think differently about that. It's helpful for me to know that that's not going to be an instantaneous change of feeling. Sure. That my body actually has to reabsorb some of those uh, hormones that it's dumped in, and and it also is helpful that, uh, like I usually, like I said, I used like about a twenty minute rule. Like if if I'm still feeling this way longer <laughs> than that then there's probably a pretty good chance that I'm starting to rethink all that. I've kind of, yeah, I've forgiven you, but I bring it back and now I'm mulling it. And so yeah. my body keeps doing what it's designed to do, but it tells me, hey, Tim, you're, you're really not dealing with that. So they're just little triggers that help mm. to go, you know what, Lord, maybe my thinking still hasn't been mm. brought around to the right way as your word describes. So that's one of the things that I was just thinking of. Um, the other thing that I was uh, have some conversation with was just this whole idea of how do we change our mind? Mm -hmm. When I heard that, um, I thought, you know, I think the question is pr probably more, um, not so much how, because that happens for us all the time, but it's just a question that's describing, I think, um, a realization that it's hard for us at times. And again, feelings play a big part in that, right? Like we don't, yeah. we don't necessarily um, change our mind because of the way we feel, but sometimes we don't change our mind because we don't want to. Yeah. So the question sometimes shows, you know, if I'm convincing you of a truth and you thought a particular way before, you don't even think through consciously, how do I change my mind? You just do it, right? But there's some ingredients that play into all of that. You have to understand somewhat of a need. Like you have to know at some level, hey, my thinking is wrong. There's my need, right, mm -hmm. to go to some other place. You have to have some level of a teachable heart, which I believe is a choice that I make too. I decide to be mm -hmm. teachable. I choose mm -hmm. to be teachable. Mm -hmm. And even the, if you want to call it the degrees of that, some people would say, well, I'm teachable. You know, I'm willing to hear other people's um, perspective on that. But I think you can go further with that. I think you can pursue some of that too. I think mm -hmm. that's even greater degree of being teachable. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's things mm -hmm. like this that are, mm -hmm. you know, Naaman in, in our story, I think demonstrated a, an ability to be taught. Somebody yeah. came alongside him, implored him to think differently, and he changed his mind in regards to that. Mm. I think walking in the spirit is also part of that yeah. because um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I don't feel like I'm that good to be able to just constantly figure this stuff out. But I, but I know that as I learn to walk with the Lord, his spirit begins to challenge me on that. And, and there's the thought that comes through my mind. Hey, Tim, is that right thinking? Well, 
okay, is that the Lord? Is he, is he trying to challenge me? Mm -hmm. And will I pay attention to that still small voice mm -hmm. and consider that? Or will I, no way, you know, and my body posture tells you I am not open to this at all. Yeah. Mm. I loved how you brought out the Second Corinthians 3 passage. Um, and I, I actually went back and, and looked at that because you, you said the word behold. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, that's it. It's beholding. Because when we're battling in our mind, like how, how, how do we take our thoughts captive? What do, we, what do we do to help overcome ourselves, the desire? that have gripped our hearts yeah. and it's and it's taking that focus and beholding and i want to just go back and read that from second corinthians yeah. 3 starting in 16 but when one turns to the lord the veil is removed now the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the lord who is the spirit and so there's some key components to that one turning to the Lord. We have to do yes. that. Like we have yes. we have to take that action to turn to the Lord. But then also recognizing that we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells in us and we have now have this freedom. We don't have to sin. We don't right. have to indulge right. those emotions and that stinking thinking. We don't have to. Yep. We've been we've been um made new and are being transformed and so and then then there's that beholding that as i do behold then i'm being transformed i'm being changed and right. and i've seen that in my life that um as as i look away from my inward turmoil and i look to the lord um he changes the affections of my heart right. like those those desires that um are clinging to me that are not good and healthy for me. Mm -hmm. He he puts new desires in yeah. my heart as I'm beholding him. Yeah. And and that is a it's a supernatural thing. It's yes. a work of the Holy yes. Spirit. And um, well, it's a supernatural thing and it's a, a super powerful thing. I mean, you look at those passages that talk about our mind and it take every thought captive and then it's be transformed. So yeah. we're talking about captivity and transformation. These yeah. aren't just these aren't right. just pithy spiritual verses that are just artsy and oh, take every thought captive means think about Jesus right. every every third Starbucks captive devotional. Captive means like submitting. Yeah. Like right? yeah. you take you submit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. it's being taken captive yeah. somewhere. So yeah. hopefully it's going to God. And, right. and then that, that whole Romans 12, you brought it up in one of many scriptures at the end here to, to think on and go to. You're not conforming to the patterns of the world, but being transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's right. a hugely <clears throat> important thing. Big time. Mm -hmm. Foundational. Yes. And so like you're, you're bringing out the word liberty or freedom. Right. In this. Like right. this is huge is... again for us. That's why I'm saying... This is such a simple concept, but such a profound concept mm -hmm. because the Word of God says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, if I'm not walking in truth, thinking in truth, mm -hmm. then there's not freedom that comes with that. There's bondage that comes with that. Even though I might think I'm free, it's mm -hmm. fake. It's false kind of stuff. And I like what you were saying as far as um, looking away from yourself. Mm -hmm. I, sometimes I'll teach, and I'll probably do this sometime here too, but I use a basketball to describe, um, so the word is in Christ, right? And that's in the sphere of Christ. And I'll use a basketball to describe that. And I've had people get up in class as an illustration and, and put that ball in front of them. 
that ball is replacing a mirror, which is what you just described of like looking away from myself. Mm -hmm. But that ball also helps us like the world, the things of the world are happening in the peripheral of that. And the ball represents Christ. If my thinking is on him and in alignment with him, Mm. then everything else stays in its rightful perspective. Mm -hmm. But when I get, if this were the ball, when I get off, now all of a sudden what you think, Caleb, matters to me more than what he says to me. And I can become a man pleaser. I can become in bondage to all of that stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. or if I put the mirror in front of me, right? If that, now what do I think about myself? And um, mm-hmm. all of that brings bondage. I, I'm a slave to myself at times mm-hmm. because of my own mm-hmm. anxious thoughts. And I allow them to go down a path instead of saying, no, that's kind con- the word of God says, don't be anxious for anything. Well, does he really mean that? Mm-hmm. Or do we think, no, there's places to be anxious and that's okay because that's just the way that I am. And I make a reason for that. Well, I ha- like I said, you have to weigh out then, mm-hmm. am I going to believe what God says? Or am I going to believe what I think or what the world thinks or whatever? And it matters then as far as freedom and bondage. Well, and it does matter. And then going on that next verse, you're referencing the Philippians 4. Uh, verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ yes. Jesus. So, so there's a guarding, there's a protection, yes. there's a yes. there's a healthy safety to right thinking and in that's, that way. And that's, that passage is when you pray and make your request known to God as it, well. Do exactly. not think anything, but in all things through prayer and supplication. So now there's that, that fellowship with God to experience the ease of angst. And, right. and people yeah. my age are hyper aware of their angst and have no clue where to take it. They yeah. So when they're praying, them. guess where their mind is at yeah it's on him right, right? right. they're thinking right. about him right, right. yeah right. and then and then finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever yeah. is just whatever is pure whatever is holy whatever is commendable if there's any excellence if, mm-hmm. if there's anything worthy of praise think about these things, things. and so like there it's an active like think yes. about these things because and and you know the saying garbage in garbage out or you are what you will eat and i mean that there's so much truth to that what are we filling our minds and our hearts with um what is what is fueling us and when we're not thinking this list um it's gonna go sour or south real fast (laughs) so that's a, a that's another um thermometer of our spiritual health of are we really keeping in yeah. step with the spirit? Yeah. Are we really abiding? Yeah. Are we beholding? Yeah. Mm. I think it's also important for us to realize when we recognize that our thinking is going wrong or has gone wrong, sometimes that can bring condemnation to us, right? Like we mm. can get really discouraged about that, but that's not what God's intent is. Mm-hmm. His desire is that those um, actions that we have or those feelings that we have, or when it's the Spirit of God who puts his finger on something or a person comes along and says, hey, this is this seems to be what you're thinking about that. Whatever the case is, mm-hmm. we rejoice in that because what it's doing, designed by God, is to steer us back to right thinking. It's not to put the thumb on us and drive us into it. It, and so often we um, we see that as failure rather than, no, this is just God's way of steering us back because we're prone to wander, right? That's mm-hmm. what the that's the what the hymn. song talks yeah. about. I'm prone to yeah. go that way over and over again. And it just tells me I need God. I need him for my thinking, not just for my actions. Yeah. Sometimes if we're concerned about the outward, that's all we're looking for then with God. So I have a, I have a little bit of a question. So... Um, 
so we Naaman's servants were um, they were helping him to think rightly, yeah. but hey, but he considerably or yeah. well, he my father, my yes. father, they were respectful. Yes. My father, you know, you might really want to consider this is the easiest route to take, and mm. you'll probably find your healing there. You know, they're just trying to speak some truth yes. to him. And um, and then there's other examples of, you know, uh, Moses's uh, father-in-law, Jethro, mm-hmm. um, who gave him good advice of, you need help. Yes. You need help with counseling and uh, judging these people and helping them discern. And, you know, so that was really good advice. Um, but then we have people like um, Job's friends who just <laughs> have a lot of words yes. and yes. maybe some things are good. Maybe a lot of it is not right. so good. Right. So so for us and um, and being humble and receiving um, words of whether they're um, helpful words of rebuke or correction or just wisdom. How how do we discern what um, what to take and what not to take? Because sometimes people say things that uh, to manipulate. Yes. I think you need to be doing yeah. this, and here's why, yeah. and they try to make it glossy or they try to shame you or what, you know, there's all different kinds of scenarios, but, um, but for us in taking advice humbly, how, Mm. how can we have wisdom in doing that? Mm -hmm. I I think that's a great question. I think the first part of that is, is the realization that whatever, what everybody tells me is not necessarily what God's saying. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that means I'm cynical and questioning everything. I just mean that can place me in a healthy position of not just hearing from somebody and saying, well, that's what the Lord is saying. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to be bringing those thoughts, those ideas that are being presented to us back to the word of God and finding like, is that what, does that line up with what the word says? Because Mm -hmm. if it is, then I think I can embrace that to my heart. But if it's not, they might be well-intentioned, love me, care Mm -hmm. for me, trying to help me, but they're not consistent with what the Word of God says. Hmm. I've also found that um, I call it the elbow in the ribs. I, it's the Spirit of God who sometimes like a person will be saying something and you get that elbow in the ribs like, oh, like yeah. she's talking about you. Uh-huh, you know uh-huh, what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like it just rings true and the mm-hmm. Spirit of God is confirming that. Yeah. And I would still go to the Word of God because right. sometimes we confuse our feelings with what the Spirit of God is doing there, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's a it's a great question and it drives us back to, well, what does the Word of God have to say about that? And can we can we stand on that and find yeah. confidence in that? Well, and it's easy to live as if we have a spiritual lens that doesn't require the Bible. So we can yes. just have an interaction and be like, boom, yes. here's the good, here's the bad. But but per your question, what if their thinking happens to be wrong? Then mm-hmm. you got yeah. you know the wrong discipling the wrong or, or whatever. Right. And so it's it, it speaks to the yes. importance of having less between you and Christ. How personable is this God? And, and mm-hmm. how can the youth uh, under my pastoral leadership downstairs and even the young adult ministry, when they come to me with things or, or have questions or whatever, how can I help answer and share, mm-hmm. but mostly just yeah. give them the word of God mm-hmm. and say, who cares what I have to say about yeah. it? Look at this, you know, and, right. and raise the value of them going to Christ. There's that element right. of, thank you so much for coming to me with this. Yeah. Let's go to God with it. 
Yeah. So hopefully that becomes just again more and more important. Right. Uh, because yeah. we crave relationship. We we love friendship. Right. But we need that's a Jesus sized hole mm-hmm. that's we're right. after. That's and so right. if he can be personal, then we start to know scripture to where and I will say this. The more we know scripture, the easier it'll get to prevent some of that mm-hmm. too. You can mm-hmm. be talking with somebody and you can kind of be like, wait a second, that doesn't mesh yeah. with what I read yesterday in right. Romans at all. Right, right, right. Um, right. Yep. right. And so it, it, it's cool that even that moment, even our wrong thinking and somebody else's wrong thinking is evidence and a reminder for how true and loving God yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And the world will yeah. say it's evidence against him, but right. it just couldn't right. be more opposite. And also, you know, God in his kindness has given us the church and mm-hmm. and we have community and and we discipleship is a huge thing. I know you're right. going to be hitting on it hard. Yeah. And so having our um, people who have walked um, the road longer, who have more wisdom, like seek those people out and, mm-hmm. and get, mm-hmm. get a multitude of counsel counselors to weigh what Mm -hmm. you know has been brought to you and and that too can help you discern um and weigh the truth of like what 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 really matters here um or is this really your agenda (laughs) you know what 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 is it i took i took the initiative with a, a gentleman in our church five, six months ago, outside of pastoral staff as just someone else to, to help disciple me. Yeah. And I, I unleashed a lot of what I'm going through and also what my tendencies were to him in a moment. Mm-hmm. And since then, the fruit of it has been he will actually reach out about those things because I had once mentioned it months and months ago. Mm-hmm. So I have found opportunities where the the people discipling me in my life aren't just on call for when I decide I need them. But the Lord yeah. opened up enough of a door for them to say, mm. we haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah. How are you doing with blank? Yeah. yeah. And then I'm going, holy smokes, oh. with yeah. blank? Uh, now yeah. I'm accountable. Yeah. 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 Has it been 14 days yeah. already? Or, you know, whatever. You start to think like, yeah. it has been two weeks since I met with this guy. And and he was aware of my tendency. I don't, yeah. the, the body of Christ starts to make mm. so much sense right. when, when we do open that door. But this is something you've yeah. pioneered. Your son Ben and I have talked about for young people especially. You can take the initiative in yes. discipleship and yeah. ask. That's right. Uh, and yeah. through and that. To me, you're, you're describing two different words, and it'd be fun someday to go down this road. But there's transparency and vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? What, what you did in the beginning there was you, you were transparent. You, mm-hmm. you initiated and you allowed that individual to see something that you wanted for them to see, were willing for them to sure. see. But when they began to come after you, now you had to decide whether you're going to be vulnerable or not, right? <laughs> sure. That's yeah. a different That's level. Yeah. Transparency, yeah. Right. you're in the driver's seat. You decide what That's that really person good. gets to hear or be a part of. Vulnerability, mm-hmm. they're in the driver's seat. They are free to then poke into whatever areas that the Lord is wanting to use them yeah. in, right? Yeah. And am I going to then be honest and upfront and and above board with them in regards to that. That's where really life mm-hmm. on life really begins mm-hmm. to hit. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, that's why I say someday it'd be fun to talk about. There's there's like different levels of relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that vulnerability is in a very deep level of relationship. Right. And yeah. right. it's just one of the many kind of like tools, if you want to say, of sure. discipleship. It's not going to... Discipleship doesn't happen on a surface level. We've got to start going deeper mm-hmm. and deeper. And so some of those yeah. ingredients are yeah. necessary. And ultimately, well, it's, it's you know, God who is after our hearts. And 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 just like in the story, we see all of these characters and, and how God is sovereignly and providentially using them to affect one another's lives. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the purpose is, is for, for him to... to um, 
have relationship with them. And, and that's what the goal is. You know, he's, he is seeking after their hearts and that's what he does with us. And he's, he uses people in our lives so that we can be in deeper relationship with him. I mean, what a good God. He's Mm -hmm. so awesome. It's the kind of of stuff that gets him hooping and hollering. (laughs) That's right. Next thing you know, we're moving around, aren't we? Get a little excited. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So So, are you preaching out the duration of this series in the summer? Or what do the next uh, through, three weeks look like? Through July. Okay. So we'll be looking at the next uh, the next three weeks. We'll, each time we'll talk about a prayer that we find, like the first one will be in Ephesians, and we'll just dissect some of that. What is Paul praying about Yeah. so that those then might become values that we want to be praying about and mm-hmm. asking the Lord to develop in our own lives mm-hmm. and even become active in that. Maybe that means I need to start seeking out a mentor who can help me with some of that. But then conversely too, those are the things that um, if I'm mentoring somebody, uh, uh, are they important for me to to dig down into with that individual and see, well, where's the foundation on some of these things? Yeah. Where are they at in regards to that? Not from, again, a performance-oriented way, but from a... Uh, uh, how do I help an individual in that relationship with the Lord grow in some of these things? I think Paul is praying for things that are really, really what matters, Mm. not just um, there are things that matter and they're important to us, and I'm not trying to minimize them, but in the light of eternity, they're not near as valuable as some of the things that Mm. Paul's praying about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's really good. That's Alicia, exciting. thank you for being here. Tim, thanks for doing thank this, you. my man. It's fun. Uh, yeah. As a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us all over the place. Just type in Sermon Spotlight on your favorite podcast platform. We pop right up. All the other information you could possibly need, you can find at fbcva.org and our YouTube channel as well. Uh, the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless you.